Welcome to episode four of the First Step Podcast. Today we're going to talk about how to put a plan in place so that you as a parent are always growing. Welcome to the First Step Podcast from your friends in Wombaland. This podcast is designed to give you practical tips that'll help you lay a strong spiritual foundation in the heart of your preschooler. Hello, my name is Kendra Fleming, and I am the host of the First Step Podcast. I've been a part of North Point Ministry staff for 17 years, and I'm the mom of four of my favorite kids. Today, we're going to talk about personal growth, and I'm so excited to introduce you to my special guest, Tim Cooper. Tim is the director of adult ministries at one of our locations, Brownsbridge Church, and he's been a part of our broader team for over 10 years. In his role, he creates strategies and great next steps and encourages adults to get into community and surround themselves with relationships that will help them grow. He's also a great dad of four amazing kids. Tim, it is so great to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your family. Thanks, Kendra. I am super excited to be here today. Um, I am married to my wife, Suzanne, for almost 17 years. We were college sweethearts. I don't even know if that's a thing, but that's what we were. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have four kids, um, 11, 9, 7, and 5. Wow. Yeah. Wow is right. (laughs) We have three bodyguards and one daughter. That's Uh the (laughs) way I agreed to have a daughter was to surround her with brothers. Um, So we we are in the thick of it. Uh We are in the tired stage of parenting, (laughs) but it is an awesome stage. Yeah. You are in the busy, busy phase of parenting. Having four kids myself, I will tell you that it gets a little harder than it gets better. How about that? (laughs) Uh I just want them to all go to the bathroom themselves. If that's going to happen, I'm good. You're getting close. You're getting close. Yeah, you're getting close. Um, So Tim, when we're talking to parents, we always communicate to them that they are the most important person in their child's life. We just know for a fact that they're going to have the greatest influence for good or for bad, but they're going to have it. Uh, Through the child's life, they're going to be there for all those big, special, like really important moments. I mean, really just by sheer time, they're going to be the most uh, like influential model that their kids are watching. And that's a little scary, right? No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. Um, Parenting is easily the hardest thing I've ever done. And it's not just a one-time hard thing. It is continually hard day after day because of the new phases that you find all the time and the different personalities of the kids. And for me, uh, not being raised in a Christian home, and my wife wasn't raised really in a Christian home, one of the most daunting things is, is the thought of not just raising mature, healthy uh, normal kids. (laughs) It's also to try to raise kids with faith, like that added layer of pressure of what, what am I representing about God? What Mm -hmm. kind of faith am I sharing with them in our household? I mean, those are the things that just add that extra level of to parenting that make me sweat. (laughs) So true. So true. I mean, I remember having four little preschoolers and sometimes you're just kind of surviving, but there are moments when the, the overwhelming realization is like, Oh my gosh, I'm responsible for all things, including their faith and what they believe about their Heavenly Father. Um, and, and did they brush their teeth this morning? I mean, you know? <laughs> really, yes. And why won't they eat their vegetables and all those kind of things. So, um, But today I really want to talk to our parents about this concept of personal growth, uh, because the greatest parents I know, they are not striving to be perfect. They're not striving to like execute perfectly, read every book and do exactly what it says. The greatest parents 
that I know, uh, they are intentionally always growing. They they are like intentionally pursuing this idea that I'm not perfect. I don't have it all figured out. And uh, they they have like a really intentional plan for personal growth. And, and so I know a little bit of your story. And I wanted you to share that with us today about like, when did you come to that realization? Like, I need a plan for my own personal growth. Yes. Well, perfect seems to be the enemy when it comes to being a good parent. Mm-hmm. Perfect does not seem to be the best goal. But I, I, I mean, one of the situations, probably one of the hardest chapters of my life was uh, being in ministry, being on staff mm-hmm. at North Point, loving where I am and bumping up against the fact that I need to grow. We were at a stage where I had been a pastor for, a, uh, you know, a few years. I'd been on staff for a couple years at North Point. My wife was having children at an alarming rate. Um, there were kids <laughs> all over the place. Um, we were holding babies, and she said she was pregnant. I'm like, that that's not possible. Um, and honestly, stuff with my dad for the first time in my life had gotten hard. You know, not because he had changed, but you, you see your parents differently once you are a parent. Mm-hmm. So my job wasn't going well. My boss mm-hmm. took me out to lunch and is like, things aren't going well. You know, mm-hmm. and I had spent all this time sitting across from other people helping them take next steps in their growth. But if you looked at my life, honestly, I was just kind of hoping wisdom and maturity would find me. Mm -hmm. I didn't really have a plan to grow. Mm -hmm. I was more concerned with helping other people grow than I was myself. So I was just kind of going through the motions and really hoping, you know, here in church on the weekend and and reading my Bible would be enough to just grow. Mm -hmm. And it, and it wasn't. Yeah. So I got to a place where it was honestly really hard because I was looking at the fact that I needed to grow and I didn't know how. And that's a scary place to yeah. be for anybody. It's another, it, it's for me, it's an added level of scary when you're in ministry and you're realizing I need to grow yeah. and I don't really want to tell anybody that. Yeah, for sure. And I think a lot of people can relate to that because you're, you, when you're having young children, you're kind of at that stage in your career um, or in your life where you're trying to like move ahead, maybe climb a ladder or or be recognized or noticed or build your career. It's it's a scary thing to say, like, I have struggles. I don't know what I'm doing in every area. It's not all worked out or mapped out uh, for me. Well, and for my career, <laughs> I had pulled into the driveway and home was a safe place to unplug. Yeah. But with little kids, you pull in the driveway and the day gets harder. Yeah. You know, <laughs> exactly. it is it is harder for the next couple hours. Yeah. And I so I started realizing I need to pull into the driveway and realize I'm walking into the most important meeting yeah, of the day. You know, sure. this is the most important time. And I'm not unplugging until yeah. they're in bed. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully sooner than <laughs> Hopefully later. Hopefully right? sooner than later. Yeah. Well, I really love that you uh, mentioned that you felt like you had to have a plan mm-hmm. because we tell parents of preschoolers all the time, uh, you can't just coast in this area. You can't just, like you said, hope, like I go to church quite a bit and I, I occasionally read a parenting book, so I hope you know, wisdom is just going to fall on me. Uh, really, for the rest of your life, having a strategy for how you're going to grow is really important. And so I know that you intentionally worked on a plan and there were like some categories that you were focused on. So tell us a little bit about how you came to like think about like, oh, I need a plan and like what those categories were. Well, so I, I, you know, young kids did not bring out the best in me, right? I (laughs) I thought it was their fault, uh, (laughs) but it was something in me. And so I was at the point where my relationship with my dad wasn't going great. Um, My job was not going well because I was running into my own limitations. And I I fortunately had some people in my life and I realized I needed to grow. So Mm -hmm. at that point, 
I came across a Harvard Business Review article. Just super thankful that I read this. And in this article, it talked about the most influential CEOs in the country. And mm -hmm. it said they were all really good at two things. And I was like, that two things, I can do two things. Yeah. <laughs> no matter how busy I am, I can do two things. One, it was making others feel cared for. They uh -huh. were really great at that. And they were also really great at leading themselves well. And it hit me. I was like, ooh, I am not leading myself yeah. well. But they listed out uh, five different categories. It was physical, take uh -huh. care, taking care of themselves physically, taking care of themselves intellectually, relationally, financially, and emotionally. Yeah. And then, so I honestly just wrote those down. I was like, if it's good enough for Harvard, right? It's yeah. going to be good <laughs> enough for me. When's Harvard ever been wrong? Um, so I wrote down these categories and I just asked myself, who knows more about each of these areas uh -huh. than I do? Yeah. And I started there. Yeah. So uh, I know you have a pretty in-depth plan, which I, I, I think they would love to hear about. But for now, let's just pick a couple of categories and okay. like give me a little detail about how you went after a plan in a couple of those areas. Yeah. I mean, it it, it is daunting, but it to have this many categories and be thinking through this many categories, but you really think about there's a reason to these areas of life. I mean, these sure. are pretty big areas of life mm -hmm. and I want to do well in each of these areas because you, when you start listing them out, you think how much is at stake in each yeah. of these areas? If I, if I'm doing well physically, but financially I'm leading my family into <laughs> a bad place, <laughs> yeah. that doesn't really matter how good yeah. I'm doing physically. So, and, and same thing with emotional and so um, just for a couple of them, one is physical. Like mm -hmm. I, I played college soccer and I had mm -hmm. always kind of been into fitness. And once we started having children, that was something that just wasn't in my life. And I was more tired than I'd ever been. And yeah. I hadn't had a plan to be physically fit. So I realized um, I was in trouble when I started lying to my doctor. <laughs> How many days a week do you work out? Like 10. He's like, there's only seven in a week. I was like, oh, three, four. So. I, I realized I needed to, to do okay. something. So I started running and I asked some buddies of mine that mm -hmm. also ran to hold me accountable. And mm -hmm. I made a plan to run uh, four days a week mm -hmm. and I, I built up to four days a week, but then just asked for some accountability around doing that. And I started tracking how many days I run a month and how many miles I run a month. And I've been doing that since mm -hmm. 2009. So I can mm -hmm. now look back and see when I ran, what day, how fast, all yeah. that stuff. But it, it started small, but with accountability, uh -huh. it was easy to grow. Yeah. And I feel like I'm taking you know, just more intentionality yeah. in that area of my life. Yeah. I love what you said about like you invited some friends in who are also good at running. So that's helpful. Mm -hmm. I really like what you said about tracking too, because there's actually a lot of research that says when you track uh, your daily habits and, and your progress and how you do, and you, you just kind of mentally measure it. And I, I'm sure tracking doesn't take a lot of time for you, but you just make the effort that that actually solidifies uh, your habit in that. So I, I really love that you said that as yeah, well. well well, you think about those categories, yeah. it's really hard to track emotional growth yeah. and it's, it's hard to, <laughs> yeah. other people can track your emotional growth, but <laughs> for yourself, it is so good to see progress because mm -hmm. with running, it's the quickest way to a, a hard workout for me. So, yeah. but I can look back and be like, wow, I ran 20 more miles this month than uh -huh. I did this month last year. That's encouraging yeah. instead of just, wow, that was really hard. Yeah. You know, I can actually see growth and I can see when I'm not doing as well as I was a yeah. year ago or last month or something like that. Yeah. And that progress is so encouraging. You're going to put in the effort. Yeah. You want to see progress. Yeah, for so sure. I, with physical, that's kind of how yeah. I started going after it. And um, emotional is a little bit trickier. But mm -hmm. honestly, 
uh, I'm a I'm a feeler. I am a guy with emotions. I've mm-hmm. known that, but mm-hmm. the only emotions I was aware of were anger and hunger, and I don't <laughs> think hunger is an emotion. So, I really I never really learned about emotions or how to deal with that, mm-hmm. and so. Somebody had encouraged me to go to a counselor and, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, okay, I, yeah. I'm open to that. Yeah. I thought I'd go one time. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go. I'm going to ask him to fix this little thing uh-huh. and I'll be good. It's been eight years. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. It's been eight years yeah. with him. Yeah. Uh, and he has not said, okay, you're good now. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. but the, 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 the funny thing or the, the realization about that is you're never aware of the journey. Like yeah. you don't know the whole journey you're going to go on. Mm-hmm. So I go into this counselor's office and I say, Hey, I'd love you to help. I'm I'm angry at home about mm-hmm. this. Can you help me fix that? Mm-hmm. I didn't realize the whole journey beyond the presenting problem. Sure. There was a whole journey For there sure. that I had no idea yeah. that that was my wife has benefited from, my kids mm-hmm. have benefited from. For I would sure. have sprinted on that journey if yeah. I knew what was at stake. Yeah. And I had put it off because I thought, well, it's just one thing. Yeah. It's just one problem. I'm not yeah. going to He's not going to uncover stuff. He's not going to, I'm fine. You know, I, I'm not, things aren't falling apart. I'm going to be fine. I had no idea the journey to learn about my emotions and learn about my past and learn uh, how to handle my emotions and how to share my emotions with my wife Mm -hmm. and, and not to lash out with my emotions on my kids and all these Mm -hmm. different things Mm -hmm. that I didn't have any tools in that toolbox. Yeah. I I feel like I have somebody that can help me in that Mm -hmm. area, somebody that's an expert in that area. And I don't have to be an expert. I can just go to that expert and ask questions. I love that you brought up counseling because so many people are afraid to like make that first appointment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Sometimes it's just sheer time. And sometimes they know there's more and they don't want to dig into the emotion of it all. Like there's a lot of reasons people are are afraid about that. But I love that you brought up the point that uh, you didn't, you don't know everything and you did not know exactly how to address everything. Uh, that's why I just love it when people are willing to take that step into counseling. And so for some of our preschool parents who are listening today, that might be the first and very best, healthiest thing they can do uh, in their own personal growth plan that will benefit their child the most. So I hope that they are like very willing to take right. that well, step. And I, I'm a massive extrovert. So yeah. surrounding myself with people, that sounds yeah. wonderful. You know, I, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> For some people, it'd be like, "Oh my gosh, no, I don't, I don't want to do that." And one of the best ways I think to start, if uh-huh. if you're just starting out, yeah, um, and that's great. I think one of the things that I've done is I take a piece of paper and you write two categories: uh-huh. self comfort and self care. Okay. And one of one of the things I think we do is we confuse the two because everybody needs a Netflix night, and yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. Everybody <laughs> needs maybe three or four Netflix nights. Uh-huh. That's fine. But to think that's caring for ourselves and not comforting ourselves are, are two different things. So yeah. writing down, looking at the last week, not uh-huh. to shame you or beat yourself up, but just to be aware, what have I done to comfort myself or entertain uh-huh. myself over the last seven days? And what have I done to care for myself? Yeah. Maybe you don't want all these categories or yeah. all these different things. That's fine. I think a great place to start is realizing how am I caring for myself yeah. versus how am I yeah. comforting myself? And maybe... I take out a night of Netflix and read a book or my wife and I, one year we decided to have a a weekly hour of focus. Mm -hmm. And we, after we got the kids in bed, Mm -hmm. no technology, we sat there and talked about our day, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was once a week. Yeah. 
it paid benefits and fruit throughout our entire marriage. It's one of our sure. favorite things that we've done. Yeah. So I think those little bits of intentionality, yeah. we're surprised how far they can actually yeah. go. I love that example. Yeah, I, I, I really love that example. And I, I love that very practical, like uh, how am I comforting myself and how am I taking care of myself? And for preschool parents, sometimes especially the mothers on that preschool side, but really both parents, uh, they think they're uh, doing a good job by taking really good care of their children and they feel a little selfish of carving out time to take care of themselves. I know I've gotten in that trap before. Uh, So I really love that you pointed out like taking care of yourself it's actually not a selfish endeavor. Taking care of yourself makes you uh, a better husband. It makes your marriage healthier. It benefits your children. I think that's really important. I, I love one of the things that I found um, when we had, uh, we did an event at our church. This is a few years uh-huh. ago and Ted Cunningham came in and he talked about, he, he was like, I'm going to give you the key to a successful marriage. Now uh-huh. this, this was just around marriage, but I think it applies to parenting as well. Sure. He said, personal responsibility plus time equals marital satisfaction. Mm, and I so I think yeah. that's so backwards because mm-hmm. it's so much easier to see what's wrong with the person I'm parenting with mm-hmm. or the person that I'm mm-hmm. uh, married to and it's so much harder to see it in our mirror but when mm-hmm. in the mirror but when we take personal responsibility mm-hmm. and we give it time and work the plan whatever yeah. our plan is yeah. when we work that plan it equals marital satisfaction mm-hmm. cuz I've found in uh, you know, being married for 17 years, so many of uh, our disagreements are with our the co-parent. Yeah. My wife and I don't seem to fight much, but my co-parent and I <laughs> seem to fight a lot about yeah. what's going yeah. on because yeah. of these kids. But taking time to be intentional about mm-hmm. my relationships and different things, mm-hmm. they, they actually help us. But caring for myself um, mm-hmm. versus comforting myself mm-hmm. over and over mm-hmm. doesn't seem to pay the dividends that I'd hope it would. Sure. You know, binge watching that show, I, I love it. I'm not yeah. against it and I'm not yeah. trying to beat anybody up, but yeah. it it just doesn't pay those dividends to, to just comfort myself over and over and over. Yeah. That makes such great sense. So we we kind of tell our parents two things for personal growth. One is have a plan. Like you can't just hope it's going to fall right. on you. Yep. The other one is do not parent alone. Don't even try to parent hmm. alone. Uh, invite people into your circle. Learn from them. And I know this is a big part of your story. So tell us a little bit uh, about how you've invited people into your circle. Well, when you go back to those categories and you think about how daunting it would be to put the pressure on yourself to be mm-hmm. great at all of those categories, mm-hmm. all I thought was, okay, who is, who knows more about this than I do? So I got a counselor to deal with emotions mm-hmm. and, and just that area. I went and got a mentor to help me with finances. But the, the thing I realized quickly was the when I'm thinking about who knows more about this than I do, it turned out everyone knew more than I did when it came to finances. So I could ask anybody like, hey, help me get a plan together. Mm-hmm. But what's amazing is when you take people that are really good in a category, mm-hmm. very specific questions, they absolutely flourish. Yeah. They do so much better than when you just go to somebody and say, hey, life's hard. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like bringing somebody a mess. And that's yeah. great if that's where you have to start. But when you have categories and I can go to a mentor and I'm like, I don't need you to be everything in my life. Mm-hmm. I need you to help me with my finances. Yeah. I need you to help me come up with a budget. I need you to help me buy this mm-hmm. car because I don't know the first thing about buying a mm-hmm. car. Turns out you can save money doing that. You know, you can <laughs> save money buying these things, buying a home. So each of these categories, I, I started asking around. And yeah. my the, the best way to find people was just involved in different groups mm-hmm. over the years, mm-hmm. being a part of kids sports, mm-hmm. seeing people that were further along on the journey and, and seemingly mm-hmm. doing well with it yeah. um, and doing well in these categories, I, I started just to ask people into my world and, and ask for help. And I have found 
most people want to do that, and they're kind of honored and flattered yeah, when you ask. Sure. Well, I think uh, I, I have to imagine that at some point was there like a humbling part of your heart that had to that that was hard for you to like go to somebody and go like I need help with finances or I need help in this area or were you just ready and it wasn't hard? Well, the 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 whole thing is humbling because. Yeah. I want to feel like I can do all this. Yeah. I want to feel like I got it. And that's yeah. not what I would say to somebody else. It's like, no, no, you need to get help. I don't want to have to get help. <laughs> uh, realizing, and it was the perfect storm for me, but my job not mm-hmm. going as well as I was hoping, yeah. stuff at home not going well, all of that created the perfect storm where it was like, all right, I got to ask help into this. Like yeah. I'm, I'm at my kind of wits end on this. I want to get help. But then once I realized the people that were, um, helping me weren't shaming me. Yeah. They were happy yeah. to help me take a step. Yeah. They were happy to help me yeah. take a They were honored that I invited them into my mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. There wasn't, I envisioned a um, simple fix and I envisioned mm-hmm. a shaming process yeah. and I didn't find either of those. Yeah. And don't you find when you go to somebody who is a little further down the road or a little better, one of the first things they share are their mistakes. Like, exactly. I feel like as soon as I sit with someone and go like, you seem to be good at this and I need help. The first thing they tell me is a little bit of their journey of like, they made some mistakes and had to learn, which is actually very helpful. Well, the funny thing, even that you're asking me to do this is uh-huh. to me, totally ironic. I'm like, I tanked at all this <laughs> yeah. and you're, and now I've got a plan. Um, and it's, it's humbling even when somebody asks me, because I'm like, well, th- they, if they put you on a pedestal or something, I'm like, I would love to disappoint you and tell you my story. You know, yeah. <laughs> let me yeah. tell you, I've screwed this yeah. up over the years, but yeah. that, that's a part of the journey. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly when you, when you assume God or faith will just make this smooth, unbumpy road. You mm-hmm. you, you don't realize how God actually grows us, yeah. which is through a bunch of these things that yeah. feel like tripping up, but they make us stronger for the next for the next one. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so let's talk about community groups because I know that's what you do with your time yes. and, and when you work in ministry. Um, but I know preschool parents often say like, "I am too busy for that. I'm juggling a million things. Babysitters seem really, really hard." Um, how can we encourage and recommend that they carve out? time and they find a way to create a sense of community and people around them. And that yeah. is hard. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, any answer I will give will make it seem like it's easier than it actually is. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I think there's, I, I don't know anybody when I'm looking at the people that I want to become um, and the people I want to be like, mm-hmm. I've never seen any of them get there in isolation. Yeah, I've never seen anybody grit their way through mm-hmm these stages and then become the kind of person they want to be on the other end. Mm-hmm. So I'm, it's not even take it from me. It's mm-hmm. take it from the the people that I've seen and, and being a yeah. part of our churches, I get to be around a ton of people yeah. and I've got to, I mean, we get to be around some of the yeah, greatest people sure. that you could imagine. Yeah. And I don't know any of them. Maybe, maybe you mm-hmm. do. I, d- I don't know any of them have gotten there alone. Mm-hmm. So the people that I respect most, the mentors that I respect mm-hmm. most, they have community. So yeah. To me, the kind of obvious is I need community and I need a family around me. I need people around me that are going to help me grow. And now there is no easy time to Mm -hmm. do it. We we have four young kids. We have sports Mm -hmm. every night of the week. (laughs) We've got something going on. We can't afford to do it without community because it's not just the um, helping you take a next step forward. But Mm -hmm. when when the storm comes in life Mm -hmm. and just living long enough will teach you that the storms come. Mm-hmm. That's a really bad time to start building community. Yeah, You build it before the storms come. Yeah. You don't build it in the storm. When you start building it in the storm, the church will reach out. We'll help. We'll mm-hmm. jump in. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll come to the hospital. We'll mm-hmm. do all those things. Mm-hmm. 
but you don't want a stranger showing up. Mm-hmm. You don't want somebody coming into the storm saying, hi, I'm Tim. You yeah. know that? I, I don't want that. Yeah. N- nobody wants that mm-hmm. for somebody that they care about. So now is the time. And when your kids are young, it's not too late, yeah. but it is the most important part of your day. It's why we reimburse childcare. Yeah. It's like, we want to take, re- mm-hmm. we want to take out the biggest hurdle to, mm-hmm. to a lot of people yeah. getting in community. And I, I, I think even if couples can't do it together, mm-hmm. one night the, the husband can get in a men's group and the other night a woman can sure. get in the women's group. Like whatever you have to do to get community and yeah. really help that personal growth yeah. is worth it. Okay. So as we wrap up, um, I feel like your commitment to personal growth, and you you have definitely com- communicated this with us, has not only impacted your life personally and your job and your work and all that, but your marriage mm-hmm. and your relationship with your children. And, and you um, gave me a couple of examples and, and a really great story specifically about how it has impacted your relationship with your kids. So share, share that with us. Well, so realizing myself that I, I am ignorant around emotions as an adult, (laughs) that's a tough place to be, but really quickly when I started meeting with my counselor and being like, okay, help me process emotions, help me understand my emotions, help me know what to do with my emotions. I also thought, wow, I want, I want to do Mm -hmm. a good job helping my kids in this area of emotions. And so th- this happened just a couple weeks ago. Um, my son Sam came home and he-, he was pretty upset. Something had happened at school and somebody had said something and he did not want to talk about it. And I was yeah. like, boy, do I get that? You yeah. know, <laughs> yeah. I want to go yeah. and just sit, be alone or do something. Yeah. So we went out on our back porch and I was talking to him and I said, Sam, if you had come home from school and you had a cut on your arm mm-hmm. and we didn't talk about or I didn't do yeah. anything about it yeah. and I just let it bleed and it just kept bleeding and bleeding. Do you think I'd yeah. be a good dad? He was like, no, you know, yeah. <laughs> even a nine-year-old knows, yeah. no, that <laughs> yeah. would be, yeah. you'd be really bad. Yeah. And I was like, well, buddy, that thing your friend said to you created uh-huh. a cut on the inside. Mm-hmm. And if I don't deal with it, if I don't help you mm-hmm. try to heal it, am I being a good dad? Yeah. He said, no. And we sat there and we talked about what mm-hmm. it felt like, what we could do, how we could mm-hmm. take steps forward, how he wasn't wrong for feeling what he's feeling, how sure. it's totally natural and normal. Yeah. And, and, those, this was not a grandiose conversation, mm-hmm. but it was a hygiene conversation. Yeah. Like I teach him to brush his teeth. I want to yeah. teach him to care for his emotions. Sure. And if somebody hurts him, that yeah. doesn't make him weak. Yeah. That makes him hurt. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. when people are hurt, they need healed. Yeah. And I want him to be able to identify yeah. it and work on it. Yeah. And so if that's my, if, if I fail to teach him to brush his teeth, yeah. but I teach him to handle his emotions, yeah. I'll feel like I did a pretty good job. Yeah. Nobody will sure. talk to him because he didn't sure. brush his teeth ever, yeah. but yeah. I want him yeah. to feel like he can handle his emotions yeah. and and engage with people yeah. in the real world. For sure. And your uh, personal growth journey has really set you up to be successful, to have these kind of conversations with your kids. So, Tim, thank you so much for being here with us today. You have just been great about just like being an open book and sharing your journey. Uh, you've given us a lot of great personal examples, and I just really appreciate you so oh, much. I love it. And I'm so grateful for what you do and how much my family has benefited wow. from what you do. I, I cannot imagine uh, our family without North Point and, and everything that our family benefits from. So thank you. All right, parents, I want to close by reminding you that being a great parent, it's really never about doing everything perfectly. Some of your biggest mistakes or your greatest weaknesses, they are going to be powerful teachers for your child. How you struggle, ask for forgiveness, and grow in spite of your failures, they will be more important to your child than any attempt to model perfection. 
If you want to be a great parent, what I recommend is that you have a plan and that you invite people into your life who will help you grow. I hope you have a great week and we will see you next time.